He has done something so wonderful. Isn't he? He, he himself, the living God, has brought it about that he comes to live inside of us. The foundation of that is what we've been, we looked at earlier. What thing we looked at earlier, Andrew? The cross of Jesus Christ. We couldn't come to Him because we were enemies. We were enemies in our hearts. We didn't know we were enemies, but we were. But He came and caused us to be born again, and He put something inside. He said, "I will send another Comforter." Another comforter. And I want to look at him this morning. I want to look at him. Because something funny happened this morning. Now John will tell me this, and we'll, we'll back up what I said. A little while ago, John, I went round to John's house to put a new pickup in my guitar because the other one wasn't working. Because I was, my other guitar is, having, is being refretted. And so it's away for a couple of three weeks. And... Uh, Poor thing can't cope with it. His string broke this morning, so it was a bit... It all went out of tune. <laughs> when we were putting it... We had it laying on John's table in his kitchen, and we put... We were going to put in the, the fitting inside, inside. We had to put a little washer on it, and another little washer. And we put it in, and it didn't go in properly, and it fell out. Fell. I didn't quite get it in properly. So we thought, right... We'll shake everything out again. So there was a washer in there, wasn't there, John? We put it in, and then we, rattled, we, we shook it about. One, the nut came out, and then it stopped rattling. And I said to John, but it ain't come out. What did we do? We banged it, didn't we? We didn't, like, we didn't want to do it too much damage. We banged it about a bit. We looked on the floor, we said, no, it hasn't come. We, just, we were only on the table. You know, it wasn't as if it could roll off because you had a soft thing on. It, we didn't find it. This morning, I picked the guitar up and it rattled. <laughs> I thought, what's that in there? And I suddenly remembered. And it's the same with us. The Lord spoke to me. He says, you don't know what you've got inside. <laughs> You haven't a clue. <laughs> Sometimes you shake it about and nothing seems to happen. And then when you're not doing anything and you just pick it up, there it is. <laughs> we shook it out and it's in my box. Amazing. Because, you see, we have something inside of us and sometimes we don't even know we've got it. But how... Does it manifest itself? In 1 John 1, we read an interesting bit. I'm not going to read two or three different scriptures today, but we'll see where we go. In 1 John 1, John starts off, that which we've seen from the beginning, in 1 John 1, which we have seen with, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. This is the man, the word of life, Jesus Christ. We've, hand, we've touched him. We've, we've slept with him. We've sat down with him. We've, we've lived 24 hours a day with the living God inside a man. And he said, 
and we've handled this word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. So we need to see the life of Christ manifested in our lives. Because it's in there. As as, uh, Henry used to say, I never knew Henry, but one of his phrases was, it's in you, brother. It's in there, but it's not manifested. How does it become manifested? Now, I was looking in, uh, I was going to talk about the body of Christ. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12 and two other places. And what I want to see here is that when we look at these passages of Scripture, we will see the same ideas in every passage, in different, set out in different ways. One of the ways is the lordship of Christ and him being head of the church, his lordship. Another thing we have, which is good, wake up! Don't be drunk with wine. But be awake. There's another thing. <laughs> we'll see the, the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. We will see the will of God, which is really linked up with the Lordship of Christ. And then we'll see that we're not in darkness, but in light. We live in light, not in darkness. And we can see in these passages I'm going to talk to you. See, what, what really got me start with starting on this, I started to think about manifestation. And if you work in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, we see a little verse, and it's exactly the same word as we looked in 1 John. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit. There we see the word, there's the profit to edify. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit or to edify, to build up. So, how do these things build up? What is it that we have to do to, so that we can manifest the Spirit of God in our lives? Now, there are two little verses which came to mind when I was thinking about this a little while ago. One is in 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, most people will know what that is. But when we read 1 Thessalonians 5, we will see all these little bits I spoke about, these four or five different ideas coming out in that passage. See, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, he has sort of things in his mind, things which are on his mind, and it comes out in different ways. You see, in some ways it comes out in the picture of us being the body of Christ. Another way, that he's the vine and he works through us. There's all these different ways about this. The whole, there's, there's this, there really is only one story in the scriptures, really. It's the new life of Christ. The salvation and new life in Christ. That's the story. The old and the new. Really, when you look at all of all everything, it's all about that, really. About the new life that he's come to give us. And it really comes down to that very simple little, little thing. So let's have a look here in 1 Thessalonians 5. Right, now, shall we start at 4? But ye, brethren, are not of darkness, but the day that you should be overtaken as a thief. Ye are children of light, and children of the day, and not of night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunk, are drunk in the night. 
So here there's the drunken bit. But let us who are in the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet and the hope of salvation. Now salvation is another thing that appears in all these passages. They're not in darkness and light and the salvation which we have in Christ. Right. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but has obtained salvation, who died for us, that whether we wake or whether we sleep, we should live together with him. There comfort yourselves together, edify one another. So here we come, the edification is there in this passage. Can we see all these little ideas are coming through again in this passage, in this what we saw earlier. And then, and then, even as also you do, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labour over you, among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. So they're over us in the Lord. So there's the Lordship of Christ in that little passage there. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. See you render no evil, None evil, so I render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. We get the will of God there. Quench not the spirit. That was the verse the Lord said to me. Quench not the spirit. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly. Right, so there's the, and that the whole spirit and soul and body will be perverse, preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus. There's the will of God there again. They will not be preserved blameless. All right? Yeah. No. So we can see right in the middle of that little passage was quenching not the spirit. That's one side of it. So you have that spirit in you, but don't quench him. Don't throw water on him. Let him... Let him be full in our lives. But you see, there's these ideas of the Lordship of Christ and being waking up to what's inside you is very important. Because if he's not the Lord, then we're all over the place. If we don't wake up, we don't see what, what's supposed to be happening. We're drunk and in our own little world. And if, we're not, if it's not for the building up of the church, then we end up trying to build ourselves up and we don't build the church up. Can you see, these are all the things that if we are full of the Holy Spirit, will happen in our lives. So let's look at that as well in Ephesians now, in Ephesians 5, and we can see some of the same ideas coming through. I was quite amazed when I started to look at those. In Ephesians 5. Right, where do we start? Uh, we'll start at verse 8, shall we? Can we see those same ideas coming through again here? You were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit in all, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame to speak of those things which are done in secret. But all these things are reproved, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever makes manifest is light. So it's manifested by the light, but you can manifest also what's inside you. There's a manifestation to come out of you. 
Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepest. They've got their being waking up again. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And here we get the light again. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Then my pastor used to say when I first read this verse, he said, this is like a cat walking along the top of a, a wall with glass in it. He walks circumspectly. Lovely little picture of a cat. <laughs> That's how we're supposed to walk, anyway. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Here we've got the will of the Lord again. Be not drunk with wine. Here we've got the drunkenness again. Where is an excess? But be filled with the Spirit. So the other one was don't quench the Spirit. And this one is be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always to all things unto God for the, for the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Here we have again this, the, the Lordship of Christ being submitted to the Lordship of Christ. That's underneath the elders in the church. Submitting in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. We don't like some of these verses, us men or women. <laughs> no, this is, but this is the reason, and it's interesting. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the saviour of the body. Now, that's an interesting little phrase there. People don't talk about that. The, wife, the reason wives submit to husbands is because the husbands are the saviour of the wife's body. Well, the saviour of the wife looks after the wife. He should do. If he isn't, he's, a, in a, he's not a right sort of husband. Yeah? That's the reason. It's not so that they might be beaten into submission. <laughs> Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, here we have a lordship, so let wives... Be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, your, your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. There's the edifying, the cleaning of by, the Holy, by God in us. They might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, nor any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So here we see again the Lordship. We see all those ideas. The Lordship of Christ. Waking up. Don't be drunk. We see that. The edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. The will of God. It's not our will, but his will. We'll look at it in a minute. And we're living not in darkness, but in light. You see, Jesus said you don't see the kingdom of God with these eyes. But it's a different eyes. It's the eyes of inside. It's a spiritual kingdom we see, we're living about. When we, he talks about the church, he's not talking about mega churches. And we think of a successful church. It's a big church with lots of things happening. But that's not the way God sees it. If you look at the church of, of, of is it Laodicea, it was a very small little church who were under lots of um, persecution. And he was the one that he, recommend, he, he commended them. Is it Laodicea? Is it Laodicea? No, it was another one. That wasn't allowed to see in church. No, it was another one. Alan, don't tell me. You see, we think it's a big church is what's right, but it's, the church is a hidden thing. Really, it's only seen by those who are born again. 
the kingdom of God, the real church. It transcends. When we come together in the glory meetings, it's a church together. It's the same as here. It's not a big... It's just people who are born from heaven. That's the real church. It's not all the other stuff. People want to build something. But the builder has to be God. And that's why it has to be the Lordship of Jesus Christ. What he says goes. And we'll see a little bit more of that when we get on to the other, the other passage in 1 Corinthians 12. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Up to this point, Paul has justified himself earlier on about his ministry because he's going to tell them off. Then he puts lots of things right up to verse 11. The last one was about how they, when they came to the breaking of bread, like we've come this morning, some, they, were, well, they weren't behaving themselves. And so lots of practical advice he's been giving earlier on in the chapters. And then he says, now concerning spiritual. Before it was practical in 11b earlier, concerning the word gifts isn't in there. Spiritual things. He says, now concerning these spiritual things, he says, I would not have you ignorant. You know yet you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb, dumb idols even as you were led. That's where they were. And before. And if you go to some of the places even now, you'll see people who get into themselves into an ecstatic state who are not, you know, not, not talking about Christians now, I'm talking about people who worship all sorts of other things. They get themselves into a state and they speak in tongues. They do all these things. But it's not, it's, it has to, they have to get themselves into a hypnotic state. You see, but he says, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not that you have to get themselves into a big state and get, get really spiritual and get work yourself up like they do in these, you know, not Africa, but all sorts of places in the world. It's not so much these days, but you see them, they get themselves into it. And that's what they used to do in these, these times where they came from. They would get themselves before the eye, and they would get themselves all worked up with the music and get themselves into a hypnotic state. But he says, you were carried away by these dumb idols, these things that don't really speak. And then he talks about that no man speaks by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accused. Those people will get themselves into an ecstatic state and maybe call Jesus accused. But when you are born from heaven and you have the Spirit of God in you, it's a completely different thing. It's not, you don't have to get yourself into a hypnotic state and work yourself up, because it's in you. It's just normal living. But they have to get themselves... You've probably seen thing, films of, of these people. They get, you know, they um, walking across hot coals. They get themselves into a hypnotic state. And that's, that's de- demons doing that. But we're not into that. They take over the person. And they speak in other sorts of tongues, but not saying... So, I give you no man to speak, but no man speak of the... The Spirit of God calleth Jesus accused or an anathema. For no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So when, the ho- when he comes along, he becomes Lord. And the Holy Ghost does that. The same Holy Ghost that he said he'd give us. Causes us to say he is Lord. That Spirit inside us. So that was the thing. They've been taken from... Um, doing what these awful spirits and bowel stuff and all that sort of stuff 
in the Old Testament they, they got themselves involved in, which were wrong. And they came to, to know Jesus by the Holy Ghost. So there's a difference there. And that was, where, that was why he was speaking about that, about, about spiritual things. It wasn't the old type of spirit where they were taken over. But there was a, a freedom in the spirit of God. Because it tells you later in verse four, in chapter 14 that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The spirit don't take you over so you can't do anything else. You always, leave, you always are in control. We don't speak out of ecstasy. And I, I, when I look at people, especially, you know, I'm going to be quite careful here, some parts of the church who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, they call them ecstatic gifts. But that's a misunderstanding of the gifts. Because I don't need to be ecstatic to speak in tongues. Do I? Because it says when, you're, when you don't know what to say. That's when you're speaking. Now, you're not in a state of being ecstasy then and speaking in tongues. You're speaking in tongues because you've got a relationship with Christ and it's under your control. And your spirit is speaking in tongues. My spirit at the moment is speaking in tongues. I can hear it. Speaking in tongues to him. It's inside me speaking in tongues. And I can either let it it verbalise it or not. It's up to me. You see? Because it's under our control. So that's why he says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Let it happen. Because we can quench him by fear or our convention or what we've been taught. Oh, well, it's going to take me over. It's going to, the Holy Spirit's going to, I'm going to be on the floor and nothing, you know, and I'm not going to, no, the Holy Spirit's not like that. He doesn't take, he does take you over. But he's a gentlemanly taking you over. A gentleman, you read if you and that's why when we talk about these bits, we have the bit in the middle talking about the love of God, and it shows what the Holy Spirit is like that He's gentle and kind and loving. He's not, you know, we want like a, sometimes we want a, a, an enormous way to take us off, but no, He doesn't always take us off of feet, He does sometimes, but it's not way He wants us to manifest the life of God. So, there are differences of the gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are differences of operations, but it is the same God will work of all in all. But the manifestation of a Spirit is given to every man to profit. So this is what it is. It's the manifestation of the Spirit in you, these gifts. And they come out in different ways. Um, the word, one has a a word of wisdom, another a word of knowledge, another faith, another the gifts of healing, another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But they're all manifestations of the Spirit in you. And if you're full of the Spirit, you will manifest them. But if you quench your spirit, you won't manifest them. (laughs) You'll manifest yourself. He wants to manifest the spirit in our lives. His life. He wants to do it. In your life and my life. He wants to be manifest just as he did when when John saw him and he said, I touched him. And we saw him the handled, the word of life. He was manifested to us. We saw the glory of God through that man's life. And God wants to show his glory through all of our lives. 
But, as we see a little bit further on, that all these workers, that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, I can't get up, unless you have to, and sing and lead the worship. I could, but it's not, in, it's not... I've done it before once or twice, and it doesn't work, because that's what, not where the Holy Spirit's on me for at the moment. You see? Because that's what he... I, Luke can go and talk to anybody. And he has... He, he knows as he starts talking to... Or even before, what, what's going on in their lives. Because that's what God, it's the manifestation of the Spirit of God in him and the gifts that is in him. You see, and we're all different. Let me get on to that in a minute. We're all different. But he wants to manifest himself for every one of us. He does. He really does. But it's as he wills, not as I will. And that's difficult because sometimes maybe we want to do something and we want to, but you, come on, you don't have to be anybody but you. What God's made you is precious for him. He didn't make you so that you could try and pretend to be like somebody else. You can't just be you, because he made you to be you so that you can function in the body. We'll see a little bit later on. Yeah? For the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So Christ is the head, which we saw in Ephesians. He's the head of the church. And we're the body. And then he goes on. Do we want to... And for, for one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, bond or free. If all been made to drink of one spirit. It's that one spirit of the life of God which you've all been made to drink of. You've got to drink. Don't quench it. Drink it. <laughs> drink it this morning. Drink God. Drink of him. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the, hearing, the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, everyone in the body, as it pleased him. Now, sometimes, think, if I want to, say my arm suddenly decides it wants to be a leg. <laughs> that wouldn't be very efficient, would it? <laughs> I'd soon have all the head, all my blood running to my head, wouldn't I? But you see, God has set all the members in our body to do the job it's meant to do, isn't he? And it's the same with his body. He's put you in the body to do what he wants, and that's to manifest his life, in whatever way he calls us. And it's by the Spirit. It's not that we, I get a gift of healing. No, he's got the gift. It's not that I have a gift of prophecy. No, he, the Spirit in you has it. And he manifests himself out of your life. So if a situation comes along, and that's what, he, that's what the situation needs, then he'll give it to you. You see? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? How God does that to us. Right, and now where we are. 
For if they were all one member, where was the body? But near there are many members, but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those body, members of the body which you think to be less honourable upon these, we bestow more abundant honour. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to that part which lacked. So there's all sorts of parts of our body, and they all work together. And the bits inside are the bits which are the most important bits, which we don't see. And the life of God inside you is the most important bit, isn't it? The life of God in us, he wants us to manifest. So if we are full of the Holy Spirit, if you're being filled with the Holy Spirit, then you'll manifest him. But if you quench him through fear or all sorts of other reasons, then you won't manifest him. Because it's his life in us. Can you see it? It's his life in us. Where to go his will. See, the body has to be receive all its information from the head. Doesn't it? Now, you've seen people have had accidents. Felicity, my wife, loves watching um, 24 hours in A&E. <laughs> the other people who have got a bit more squeamish, like Alan here, maybe we don't like watching it. But she loves it. <laughs> but people, they come in, one of the first things is, can you feel your feet? Can you move your feet? Can you do this? Can you do that? Because they're worried that there's a, a, a interruption in the messages coming from here down to here. And many people get worried. You know, we need, if, not, if you quench the spirit, then I feel that's like having an interruption in the messages coming from the head into the body. We need to have a clear, open heart to him so we can hear him and we need to be filled with the spirit that's what the filling of the spirit does and the early church worked really well because they were really filled with the Holy Ghost it expanded and exploded and everybody all the people you read about all the miracles and the things that happened it's because they were filled with the Holy Ghost they were filled to overflowing with the life of God God had come and done something in them and but it was just a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Was it Philip the Evangelist who suddenly was one place and then somewhere else? That's what the Spirit of God did. He didn't plan it, did he? It just happened. And when you're there, it just happens. A manifestation of the Holy Ghost just happens. And afterwards you think, oh my goodness, what did I just say? What did I just do? It was God. So I want to encourage you this morning, you can have a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in your life. You really can. Those ones of us who think we are the uncomely parts, <laughs> they're really important, aren't they? Without the uncomely parts, there'd be no kids. They're important. The bits not everybody sees. Yeah. Because that's the way God's made us. You see? So whatever you might feel about yourself is irrelevant. 
Because we have to see what he sees about us. You are part of the body of Christ. And members in particular. And you are really, really important. Every one of us in the body of Christ are really important. And you, all you need to do is focus on Jesus and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you will get focused on Jesus. <laughs> I remember one, one meeting when Ronnie was here. It was late at night and I came. And as I was driving down the road, the Holy Spirit said to me, there's an accident up on the roundabout. It's blocked off. And I thought, do I go the back way? Or do I go and have a look to see whether I'm right? I tell you what, there was. Because the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me, I can hear. There's a little prophecy in, in Jeremiah 31. He said, they sh- every, every man shall hear, shall know the Lord. No one will say, come on, know the Lord. No, all shall know him. All shall hear his voice. It's an incredible prophecy. It's talking about people who are born again. And know the Lord. You can know the Lord. You can hear him. He says, my sheep hear my voice. If you're sheep, you can hear his... Well, you couldn't have become a sheep without hearing his voice any rate. Even though you might not have known you were hearing his voice. Because you couldn't. But when you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it will become a lot clearer. A lot of the time. Sometimes it doesn't. God doesn't always shout at you. (laughs) Because sometimes he wants you to move by faith. And you have to believe that what's inside you is still there, even though you don't feel it. And that's where faith comes. Sometimes you have to stand up and sing or do something and you feel nothing. And it's nice when you do feel something. Sometimes, and that comes sometimes later. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? Right. Hallelujah. Cover earnestly the best gifts, it says at the end. Desire a lot. In, in, then we get chapter 13, which explains how the gifts are supposed to be. Somebody's called it a love sandwich. All right, the bread is the, all the gifts, the spirit, and the, the workings of the Holy Spirit. But in the middle, there's a filling of love in the middle. And that's what you can read that. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. And what I want to do is just go over to... Um, no, I've missed which verse that is. No, I haven't written it down. Um. Oh, yeah. verse 26 how is it then brethren when you come together every one of you has a psalm half a doctrine, half a tongue half a revelation half an interpretation let all things done be done into edifying he goes through in, in, in 14 talking about the gift of tongues we don't want to read all that right? so he says Read that again. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, like when we come together here, every one of you has a song, a song. Everyone has a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done into edification. It's not to do with me building myself up. It's to do with the Holy Ghost building his church. Jesus Christ building his church through the Holy Ghost. There are two ways which you can look at that little passage, that little verse. One of them is... When you come together, everybody's clamouring and wanting to speak. Everybody. They've all got something to say. 
And if you probably, that can be quite well interpreted that way. Or it can be interpreted that everybody has something. Whichever way it is, they were all, the Corinthians, were really keen on the fullness of the Holy Ghost. They were really keen. None of them were holding back. The women were shouting from the balconies and they were told to be quiet. Men were speaking over one another and they said, no, you can do it in order. You can do it and prophesy in order. People were giving out tongues and no one was giving an interpretation. It was chaos. But they were keen. <laughs> they were keen. We need to be keen. Not that we don't want chaos, but we need to be keen to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that we manifest the life of Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus, when he came, manifested the life of his Father, we need to be full of the Holy Ghost this morning. But that will mean that he will have to recognise him as our Lord. And it's all done by his will. It's not what we want. Lots of people want to have a ministry. People want ministries. They usually want ministries because they've got a need in their heart. And when that, when that, if they look to Christ, then that need will be met. And then he'll lead them into the ministry where he wants them. But very often people see something, they want to do it because they have a, something inside them that drives them. Don't be like that. Because what it is, is it's to build up the church. So when Jesus comes again, he has a spotless church. A church which is working right. And it's walking right. It's doing all the jobs that he would do if he was here. Doing them right. That we're not living like the world lives. But we live in the light of the glory of a living God. So I want to encourage you this morning. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That type of verse is in another passage, and it says, Let the word of Christ, the word of God, dwell in you, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We need to let Him. Let Him do it. Let Him do it. Doesn't mean to say we're holding back, but we let Him do it. There's a a balance, isn't there? Like in a marriage, there's a balance. Where we allow the husband to be the head, and, but the wife has her part too. And so we have a part to play. Everyone, I want to encourage everyone, has a part to play in the body of Christ. And that's not just here. It's at home where we work, but it is here too. And so if our needs in the church, someone said, if there's a need in the church, there's somebody God has put there to, to meet that need. That needs to be done. So we're looking at the moment with music, and we're, 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 up, we're pushing and find, trying to find where God's moving in, the, how he wants that to work. Okay, now, now we haven't got our, our, our lead singer with us anymore. You see? But God's doing it. So you've all, you, if God has put something in you, then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that'll help it come out more. What he's put inside you. Because very often, it's the very people who don't think they have anything who are the most important people. They're the ones who think they haven't got anything. Those who think they've got, any, got something are very often not the right person. Gideon didn't think he got anything. 
Moses didn't think he got anything. Joseph didn't think he got anything. Lots of people in the Bible never thought they had anything. But God came along and he put his hand on their lives and changed them completely. Just looking unto Jesus. That's what you need to do this morning and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and don't be fearful and quench him. Let him do his work in your life. And we'll all be amazed. Because you want everyone to grow into what God has called us. You see, it's not a man-man ministry. It's not just one person. It's the whole body that should be functioning. In a lot of places where we used to be, it was a man-man ministry. One person who had all everything. And had all, but no, it's not like that. It's everybody. You know, God has put people in, elders and people who've got responsibility. But we all have a responsibility to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to manifest the life of our living Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. It's wonderful. I say these things to myself as well as... It's not just to you, it's to me too.